Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. I want you to imagine, just for a moment, that everywhere you go, you have a form to fill out, and it's so freaking confusing. Now all of us have filled out forms, right? But what do you do when you get to the question where it's male or female, and you're like, hmm... Uh, this is how I identify. Well, this is one of those crazy challenges, in addition to many others, like ridiculously fucking stupid bathroom laws and things such as that, that our transgender brothers and sisters and people who are gender nonconforming, and the list goes on face every freaking day, because in our world, you're either F or you're M. That's just the way it is, folks. Well, no, that is not the way it is. And that's what we're talking about today on Life Uncloseted, the podcast, because you know what? Sex is as sex does. May not be the standard to operate from, but we're going to dive in with a author who just recently published a book. His name is Paisley Cura, and his book is what I just said, Sex is as Sex Does. I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Paisley, and so really looking forward to having a candid, truthful, kind of in-your-face conversation around why transgender is more than what everybody thinks. So thanks for being here, man. Oh, thank you so much, Rick. I'm really delighted to be here. So let's just cut to the chase here. It's kind of like this is becoming a true nightmare for our transgender folks in the world. It just seems like the witch hunt is on every corner you turn. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or one way to think of it, it's like we've went, trans people have gone from a sort of unnoticed boring bureaucratic nightmare and we can talk right. about that to a new kind of nightmare where the republicans have noticed trans people have decided to kind of make us like targets or scapegoats for for whatever reasons mm -hmm. and the thing is is this is this to me is like people if this is going to happen to trans folks don't be so silly fucking stupid to think something's not going to happen to you i mean as a gay man i'm like they're coming for my marriage i know they are they're going for women's reproductive rights. And anybody who thinks that all of this is just, just, oh, it's just these particular issues. Oh, no, 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 no. And I know because of your background and the beautiful things that you do in the world of academia and your writing and your new book, as I said, um, you've got a lot of insights to how do we have these conversations and how do we move this forward? So What's the solution? I'm going to shut yeah. up because you got all the answers. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know. <laughs> well, it's it's so complicated because trans people need to have because what, what a lot of the book focuses on is on identity documents. Yep. Um, and trans people need to have identity documents that reflect our gender identity, whether it be female or male or non-binary. Non-binary is usually sometimes indicated as by an X. Right. But for and slowly over the last few decades, m most places have changed their rules and let people get new sex designations, except, and this is where it just gets confusing and contradictory and hard to keep track of, every agency, every government office can have its own criteria for deciding what constitutes 
what they would call a sex change, you know? So some places will say you need to have surgery to have a change your sex designation. Other places will say you need to have a letter from a medical uh, provider. Um, places like California, New York um, are, have got relaxed their policies and like, you know, we need to know what your gender identity is. Just fill out this form and, and tell us. So it's a total mismatch of, uh, of policies. And over time, they've gotten, they've gotten better um, for the most part, but it's still incredibly confusing. And like most trans people haven't ca- can't haven't caught up with every document. Like you, people might've been born in a state that refuses to change your birth certificate, or they might not meet the criteria. Right. You know, there's a few places like Idaho, Tennessee, um, maybe Kansas and Ohio where they're the, they won't change their birth certificate. So that's being litigated. So it's just a really confusing mess. And that's been the situation for a long time. And now we're in this new era where Republicans are like just decided that tra- picking up the transgender football in the culture wars. That's like yep. a very mixed metaphor, but <laughs> you can get what I'm saying. Um, and decided to kind of target trans people and make, you know, our uh, our gender a, a, a political issue. But are we surprised? I mean, look <laughs> at what happened with, you know, the whole marriage equality thing. It was such a screwed up mess. Like, okay, well, this this state says yes. It says no. And so then, you know, and I remember because my husband and I, and this is different, so I'm going to just put it out there. This is so much different than gender identity, folks, but it it has the same foundations and basis. Sure. My partner, okay, let's start with partner. My partner and I had to carry documents like, okay, he is my he is my designated person, right? Because if we crossed over the if we crossed over state lines in certain states, that document would be the only thing that would entitle me and sometimes wouldn't entitle me to be in a hospital room if something happened to him. Right, right. And it's the same concept, folks. It's like and and here we go, like the whole Roe versus Wade bullshit that's happening at this point. Here we go. We're going to end up with. God forbid, but I think that's where we're headed with this checkerboard of, well, in this state, you can do this and that state, you can't. And this is the, and this is what you, you in the transgender community face on the daily. Yeah, exactly. Cause people think, oh, we, there's such a thing as legal sex. And I guess there is, but we have to know there's like hundreds of them. It depends. Every agency has its own legal sex. So cisgender people are kind of accidentally have only one legal sex because it happens to be the same as their birth sex, but every document is a different, you know, has it, you know, requires, has an M or an F on it with its own rules. But for trans people, um, it's really confusing. And the marriage stuff before Obergefell, it was just crazy for trans people. So because the Social Security Administration provides provides you know benefits to survivors of the right. of a couple, right? right? So if you have a, a, a legally married couple, the Social Security agency would say, well, treat any marriage involving a transgender person as questionable or question any marriage mm-hmm. because uh, if they change their gender during their marriage, maybe they are in a same-sex marriage or maybe they're the wrong sex. And it depends on the, the Social Security Administration literally yep. advised its field agents. They said, you probably should consult a local lawyer, but it might depend on where they're married, what, where they were born, where they live now. Like it was just this incredible confusion. So people weren't even sure if they would be eligible for survivor Social Security benefits based on whatever local lawyer the Social Security Administration was hiring to consider their case. Luckily, right. Obergefell sort of, you know, cleaned that up a little bit because uh, they can't discriminate based, you know, they can't say this person's right. not legally married right. anymore. Well, for now, 
for now exactly for now you know that and that's a scary piece and again i come back and this is where i get on my soapbox it's like if any of you people out there you know that are like well this doesn't concern me you're pretty stupid you're really stupid if you think this doesn't concern you okay you may not be gay bi trans queer you know any of those things but yeah. this comes down to if you can take away my personal rights based on this it there's no end to where it can go they can Absolutely. do this about the religion you practice uh, about the like food that you eat i mean i'm sorry it can be it it can come down to whether you're obese or not i know i'm i'm spouting a little bit of like fear and everything but i'm i'm like hey this isn't that far-fetched folks at this point and absolutely it's, it's so i i remember a friend of mine michelle um she and her wife i don't know at this point that i'm assuming they're still together they've been together forever and when she transitioned male to female they had to go through so many ridiculous freaking hoops here even in California, because it did raise the question, well, they're legally married. <laughs> they are legally married as, quote, husband and wife. And then he transitioned, Michelle. Now, what do we do with this? Because now they're still considered legally, technically, they're legally married. But now it's two women. And of course, this like threw a whole like tizzy into the whole what was going on across the nation and especially in California. <laughs> And it was, it's like, it's just, it's almost flabbergasting to me. Like, how can you just not see? It's just very simple human rights dignity. I don't care if you don't agree with somebody being transgender or gay or whatever. It's not affecting your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's, that seems to be the American ethos, right? Stay, stay out of people's business. Right. But it's actually not when it comes mm -hmm. to the government. So like one of the mm -hmm. things I noticed when I was looking at all these policies of driver's license and stuff, like it's always been easier to trade your driver's license. Um, and then they were the driver's license bureaus were the first, you know, agencies to let people change. And they had the so-called easiest standards. They dropped certain right. requirements much earlier than other places. And I was like, why is that? And then it's because when you have a driver's license, okay, you get pulled over for a ticket and you hand your driver's license over. So I, you can't see me, but I'm like a bearded, balding, male looking person. It doesn't Yay help. Yay for the bearding, balding guys. <laughs> That's Let's right. Exactly. <laughs> we'll stick with that. So it doesn't help the government when I hand over a driver's license that says F because they need to recognize me, track me, give me a ticket, be able to identify me. Right. But then when it comes to marriage, actually, you know, marriage, we think, oh, it's nice. It's romantic. You get married. But actually marriages are like a legal instrument for like, you know, managing the so transmission of property. Yeah. And, and like, so property, inheritance, but also social security benefits. Yep. So with trans people, marriage is one of the places where the state said, uh, not so fast. You can have your driver's license, but we're going to say you can't change your sex from the sex you were son at birth because we don't want to give you benefits. So um, that's one of the things that I, I noticed in the, in my research. Luckily, Obergefell got rid of all that. But as you say, we're in this new moment where things are changing. And um, I don't know if you remember it, all the kind of liberal commentators and pundits, they were like, don't, who are not the feminist ones, but like, don't worry about Roe. The court's never going to touch Roe. Right. It's fine, you hysterical feminists, just be yep. calm. And like people would say, don't worry about Brett Kavanaugh. He's not going to touch Roe or Neil Gorsuch. They're going to be fine because we're yep. all lawyers. We're collegial. We understand settled precedent. And look, just about to like- Look where we are. Yeah. So anybody who says, oh, don't worry about a Borgafell or don't worry about Lawrence versus Texas, which said 
you know, sodomy laws were unconstitutional. Don't worry about that. Like, I think we, I think those pundits should just sit down and take a back seat because it's perfectly yep. fair for us to be, us to be worried because the same theory that allows them to get rid of uh, Roe versus Wade would allow them to get rid of Obergefell yep. uh, and, um, contra- you know, laws uh, provide that allow people to get contraception. And, yep. And there's Republican governors who have said they're going to be going after contraception next. They haven't yep. disavowed that. So yep. I don't want to hear from the, oh, be calm. It's everything's fine, right. people. Because everything, those everything finds people tended not to be people who could get pregnant or people who might want to get married to like someone of the same gender. Right. Um, so, and I hate to say this, and this is going to be a little bit of my seventh day Adventist upbringing, which I don't practice anymore, but one of the biggest things in that, in that religious, you know, way of being in the world let's just say that was at some point the government's going to come for your religion and now i'm like okay folks you really you don't want to believe this stuff yeah yeah I'm, i hate to say it but if they can do this it's a personal freedom that's what this is yeah if i if i if we are all born born equal okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know if we're all equal then there's sure a, lot, a whole lot of not equal going on right now in this country yeah, across the yeah. world, but especially, I, I guess, you know, as U.S. citizens, I'm just like, there's a whole lot of this shit coming downhill, folks. And I don't think anybody gets gets the snowball that's starting to happen and, and unless we can just really stand proud and tall and fight and all those things. I know, but exactly. in your world, I can only imagine. And again, I, I have been. Oof, I've been with some very passionate people in the transgender community. And at first, even as a gay man, I was like, hey, can you kind of chill until I'm like, wait, I totally get this now. And I can only get it so far because mine is total like, you know, sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I still have a penis. And I'm not getting rid of it. It's not going nowhere. So it's just the way I am. But as I started to really get to spend invaluable, and I'm going to say that again, invaluable time with my transgender brothers and sisters, the eye openings that I had and comparing them to my journey as a gay man who wanted to be in a a civil, quote, union marriage, I'm like, I ain't got nothing on you guys. I've got, I mean, I do, but I really seriously the things that happen are beyond belief. And I threw a fit just the other day. And then, you know, I'm, a, I'm hated by a lot of people. I'm like, yay, I'm hated, right? But when I saw the Oklahoma governors saying, you will, we're going to require students to go to the bathroom of their, you know, birth certificate I, identity, I'm just like, are you really freaking serious, man? Like, first of all, what? Now you're going to demand birth certificates from every student coming into school? Which can then just turn into, oh, you don't have a birth certificate. Oh, you don't live in this country then, do you? Yeah. It's like, like here we go. This is the thing I don't think people think through. And on top of that, if that's what he's going to do, but don't don't tread on my personal rights, but you're going to tell women, yeah, in Oklahoma, uh-uh, no abortions. You can't do that. Your personal right picking and choosing is infuriating, to yeah. say the least. I know they totally are contradictory in terms of the messages. Like we have to have government out of our lives and not provide like people with social supports, but then we want the government like actually looking at what genitals you have before you go to the bathroom. That's just seems like very contradictory. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is like, they don't, 
care that it's contradictory. They don't, they're like, yeah, we don't care. We're just going to do that. So, well, part- I mean, I hate to say it, but this is my personal belief. And I think a lot of people would line up behind me on this. This is the Christian theocracy. This is what's going to get me to heaven. I got to do this. And the thing is, is there is not anywhere in at least the Bible that I know really probably was written. And I don't know this hundred percent, but a lot of this bullshit that they're throwing into the Bible is not there. It is right. literally not there. Yeah, no, absolutely. They've taken this text, you know, this, you know, New Testament, which is, you know, pretty peace loving text and turn it in, try to turn it into an instrument of hatred. But the thing about the Republicans and the right wing is like, you're exactly right. They go by their ends. Like, what's our goal? And they'll yep. use whatever means they need to get there. And us on the left or progressive people or the Democratic Party, we're like, well, what's fair? What's a good procedure? What's a fair right. process? And we think that we that we should play by these rules. And Republicans will just change the goalposts. So, for example, exactly. when there's a Republican president, they really believe in executive power. <laughs> but when there's mm-hmm. a Democratic president, they think Democratic, you know, the 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 presidency shouldn't be able to make agency rules and that should be up to right. the courts. Like they, they change the, the rules all the time and we're just mm-hmm. standing there like, Oh, duh, I guess we should have known that. So, but it's really like stuff like the Oklahoma and the bathroom stuff. It's, it's so hard because especially kids are targeting kids Yep, using kids as a political instrument to kind of but get yet they're They're so pro-life. They're so no. pro-life. And That's yet then they pull even, this crap talk about that i know they can't they can't figure it about providing it's not the government's business to provide infant formula to, right. to babies right exactly yeah, yeah. But, no, or just- you know and i hate to even i hate to bring this up but you know the whole uvalde shooting and everything oh well but it was a door it was really <laughs> i'm sorry you yeah. know it's kind of like that same door could have been the bathroom door that some trans person is trying to like have a peaceful poop for God's sake. So you know, know what? I know you want to use the door. Let's really go talk about doors then. I know, you know. I know. Well, I know. And in fact, I feel bad for that teacher because she was maligned uh, and yep. later she died. And in fact, she shut the door. Like the police were lying and there's right. videotape well, of her yeah. shutting the door and it didn't exactly. lock because I'm sure they could care less about security actually. Anyways, it's so upsetting. Yeah. That's such a tragedy. So Speaking of tragedies, let's really like dive into this more. You've been doing a lot of work and research in your academic world and everything, and especially, you know, especially for the book here. Mm-hmm. What is some of the biggest tragedies you feel like other than we've listed? I don't want this to be all negative, but I think we have yeah. to talk about the negativity, you know? Yeah. What's well, the I negative think- stuff that's just really like pushing the envelope these days? Like this is, I mean, for the transgender community, which is my community, I'm going to say that it's my community as much as being gay. It's almost like you've got to feel like it's a daunting task every day, every hour, almost every moment of your life right now. Yeah, because there's such an attack and there's an attack by the right, which we know about. But there's also this kind of attack by so-called middle or 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 uh, even progressive liberals who talk about, well, but I don't know that trans girls should play on trans or play on girls teams. And they're like, they support transgender rights in the abstract. But when it comes to a poor kid who just wants to play sports, you know, they suggest, oh, we have to have this definition of gender that is like goes back to their birth sex. So this kid can't play intramural volleyball. So, so they, we can uphold this idea of gender that is in our heads that right. has got to do with the actual lives of people. Like, and I just feel so, sad about that and it is so tragic because 
you know, it's hard, it's hard enough being a young person and being a teenager, right? And then being told that like your gender is wrong and you don't belong and you can't play a sport or you have to use the wrong bathroom. Like it's hard to exist as a teenager, no matter how much normativity you have. And then imagine just having that laid on top of you for people's like um, sense of self and mental health. And no wonder the suicide attempts and suicide rates are so high amongst queer and trans youth. It's just, that's the tragedy. And yeah, it's just tragic. When you see that tragic, if you pers- if you personally, and I'm sure you have, I'm not going to even guess that you haven't had these conversations, but if you are personally having a conversation with a young person, somebody who's like, I don't feel I am who I am. I look in the mirror and that's not what I see. But the flip side of that is if I define who I am or I start, you know, okay, so let's, let's go to the, the true ugliness of Texas and you can be hunted down and fined and all this stuff for trying to help your transgender child feel like themselves. What do you say to a child who's facing that? Yeah, that's just a hard one. That's a hard one. I mean, one of the things that's hopeful about this moment, just hard to see anything hopeful, but like, you know, friends of mine who really work with these kids and are work with are trans legal advocates. One of the things that they see is that the, their fiercest defenders of these kids are very often, not always, but very often their family. And their families are not like brownstone Brooklyn liberals. Their families are like evangelical Protestants in rural Texas who like have a kid and they love that kid. And then over time, after a while, they see that kid for who they are and they're their fiercest defenders. So I do feel like there's a, some kind of hope hope there like not every certainly not all families are supportive and there's lots of homeless queer and trans youth because their families aren't supportive but i just i see increasingly more supportive stuff and the, there was a bad law in alabama it said you you know it's a felony to provide medical or social support to trans children trans youth uh and the judge was appointed by donald trump uh and he issued a preliminary preliminary injunction against that law against that part of that law that said you know what this law is interfering with a parent's right to seek health care for their children. Like mm-hmm. parents know what's best for their children. And like, that might not be the most absolutely perfect thing because there might be some kids who don't have the support of their parents, right. but it, it did kind of recognize that like the people who know these kids the best are oftentimes, maybe even for the most part, have their best interest at heart. And it's not really up to the governor of Alabama or the legislature of Alabama to come in and dictate what kind of what kind of treatment or what, what the person's gender is. And that is a step in the right direction. And, yeah. I, and I sometimes feel that even within our own LGBTQ plus community, there needs to be some more empathy and support and understanding because I've seen it happen. Oh, just get over it. Just get over it. Why? (laughs) None of us who are, quote, cisgendered gay men or women, we didn't want to be told, just get over it. Just go be your gay self, but do it in quiet. And this is where I think, you know, I think uh, most people who are, quote, evolved in our community, they, they, they do get the difference between sexual identity and sexuality, all that sort of stuff, and gender. But don't throw don't throw each other under the bus. Right. Right. Exactly. Don't throw each other under the bus. Cause we have this, um, yeah, we have this kind of, uh, sense of like supporting people when they come out, when they come out as gay, we have to, um, support them as gay. And so 
when with transgender people, it's something like you might come out as like, oh, I was my gender identity is very not my birth sex. Or you might be like just uncomfortable with like gender norms for your gender and want to express your gender differently. But whatever the case, we need to provide support for those people uh, and not just say, oh, go back into some gender closet. Just like we don't expect gay people to go back into the closet. Right. Right. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, one of the arguments that I know that you've heard, I've heard numerous times is, but that child's too young. That child's too young to be, you know, starting hormone blockers or to be thinking this way or yada, yada, yada. And, and to that, I always say, I was 36 when I figured this out. I feel too old. I feel too old to have figured it out then. I That's knew right. it. I mean, I came out at 19 and I went back in the closet because kind of evangelical upbringing, someday Adventist, I wouldn't consider full on evangelical, but close to it. And yet if I'd had the right support, like, well, help us understand why you feel that way. Help yeah. us understand what, what's happening for you, you know? And instead that isn't what I got. I got, nope, you can't be that because it's the way it's supposed to be. This is what God intended you to be okay, well, okay, enough of that had been pounded into my head that there was a fear of all that stuff, right? Right. But when we don't, and again, I have two kids. So there was like, there was never the transgender issue within my own kids, but there was definitely like, hey, how do I, you know, what's my sexuality? How do I, you know, sexually identify? Am I queer, bi, lesbian? You know, what is, what is it that I identify as, right? And it was always a little bit tough for me only because of course the last thing I heard out of my parents at that time was you're going to ruin your girl's lives. You're going to teach them all this, you know, so all that hauntingness came back up and it wasn't until I, I really got to know my friend Michelle really well. And when I heard her the first time say on a panel, how many of you look in the mirror and what you see is, is what you know to be true for you. And it was really interesting because like, well, yeah, I look in the mirror. That's what I see this. I mean, I like the fat or whatever, but this is who I am. Right. Right. And then she said, I looked in the mirror and what I saw was a man. But what I really saw was a woman, but it didn't mm-hmm. look like a woman. It looked like a man. And that very, and I'd heard that before, but there was something about the way that she shared it in that first moment, the first time I heard her speak, that I was like, okay, wow, this is just, it's very similar to like, I could date girls. I just didn't feel it. Right. You know, right. and it wasn't because I wanted a piece of ass and a cock. Let's, I mean, I'm going to go there, but yeah. that wasn't it. It was like, when I look at a man, I, I physically like, okay, I get turned on. And I was in a sexual thing. Like I appreciate men. Doesn't mean I don't appreciate women, but once I heard her say that, I'm like, wow, yeah. What would it be like to be looking in the mirror and going, okay, I see a guy, but what I really see isn't showing up for me, but this is what I truly know to be true for me. And I've heard that from so many transgender individuals. Absolutely. And imagine telling kids to like who you think you are. You can't be that. You can never change. I mean, well, I, that would be like telling a person of color, like, no, you can't be black. You got to see yourself as white. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I transitioned before I was older too. I was like 37 or 39, something like that. But um, it was really before all the social media 
but like so it's like a kind of a trope but it's so cute transitioning people it's like selfies all the time because they're so mm. happy we're all so happy of when course. Looked. so we're like oh here's another selfie of me so i'm like i'm instagram and i'm like oh, of course these dudes are doing that because they're so happy right. i would too if i had been on instagram when i was transitioning right um but the, the thing with the right wing and um and kids is like they act like doctors are handing out puberty blockers like candy like right. that is that is not happening like People go into therapy, they have social supports, they have, you know, it's like people who are trained to kind of help people deal with their gender issues and maybe thinking about socially transitioning and like puberty blockers is, are appropriate for people who, when they began puberty would really experience, it'd be very traumatic for them to grow the wrong body parts or to make the body parts. Well, so those are, that's, yeah. Let's go right to something because I've been waiting yeah. for this conversation to yeah. be able to say something like this. You have to go through a hell of a lot more questions and tests and everything to transition than you do to have to buy a freaking AR-15. So oh, let's yes. get real here, folks. Absolutely. This I is not like, like, oh, you want your penis cut off? Great. Let, uh, I can do it tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. That is not what happens at all. Oh, no, you still need like psychi psychiatric evaluations and doctor's letters. Um, a colleague of mine at the City University did a, a short film uh, comparing the requirements for uh, cosmetic surgery to the requirements for like um, trans men's top surgery. And right. like, you could just walk into a cosmetic surgeon's office and say, here I am. And I just want bigger boobs. And like, right. you don't need to provide a letter, but right. if you're like, you know, if you're trying to like change your breasts uh, for some reasons to do with um, uh, gender, you know, gender reassignment, yep. gen yeah, gender reassignment, then um, you need to have all these paperwork and doctor's letters and, right. It's highly regulated, which is so the irony to me is just ridiculous Yeah, because and OK, I'm probably going to offend some people here, but I don't really give a shit. So your man tells you, OK, you you straight. And I know that. Well, there's quite a few straight people who listen to this podcast. Yeah. So your man tells you, I wish you had bigger boobs. You can walk right in because the guy said you wish you had bigger boobs and that male white patriarchy is going to deter like you need that. And I find you much more attractive, Bada bing, bada boom. You can get it done. Right. Right. Exactly. This exactly. is the, this is to me is the hypocrisy. It's still driven by white male patriarchy. The whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And a big growing area of um, cosmetic surgery is, I don't know what it's called, but it's this kind of surgery where women's vaginas are made smaller. Um, it's and their labia is made um, different. Like they think they're, they're right. they think there's something unattractive with their labia. And where are they getting that idea from? From like culture and their boyfriends yep. and um, yep. and it's you know and uh, I mean people should have the surgery they want to make them feel comfortable in their bodies. But like acting like trans people are somehow pathological for wanting right. to change their bodies when people are like taking well, they, steroids they act, and going to the gym and doing all this kinds of body right. modification all the time to they, have the they body act they like want. being trans is some vanity project right right it's exactly. not it's like this is how i feel and this is how i see myself but i don't get to see myself in my truest essence yeah and i'll it, never forget i mean it was one time and one time only and it wasn't a pretty picture that happened but we were on a panel once and and you know my friend michelle she's a, a large woman. She's tall like me. She's, you know, big boned. And, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat obvious that, you know, she just, something has been different in the past. Beautiful person, 
gorgeous, amazing heart, all that stuff, you know, but to the first person that sees it, they're going to go, Oh, this is some guy that might look like he's dressing up. That's what I've heard people saying. It pissed me off. The first time I heard some, once I got through my own initial, okay, my head's got to get on a little bit different here. Cause I even like, like first couple of pants. Well, uh, well, he, I'd look at, at Michelle and because very prominent Adam's apple. And I had to get through all that myself. So that's why I feel like I can share these stories. Like, I wasn't perfect at this, folks. I was a fucked up mess at first when I was trying to sort this out. Yeah. And sure. then the time that somebody said, well, this is all a charade. It's all a charade. You're not for real. You're just pretending to be that. Man, it was about all any of us on the panel could do to like not just explode. But in that moment, we also knew it was a moment we were called to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we were really called to it in a very beautiful way. Like, well, we're glad that you feel like you can express that opinion. And that's all it is. And I, I remember Michelle saying that. And that's all it is. Next question. Yeah. That person exactly. didn't know what to do because we're like, we are not going to get baited into this. We're not going to. Because that's all it was. That's your perspective. It's totally wrong. Totally wrong. But it, it was such a moment. I remember walking out of that. Like, I, I'm like, how did you just do that? I would have been like, fuck you. And, you know, I would have been let's rumble. But it was pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I, I mean, now that I'm trying to promote the book on Twitter and stuff, which is I'm not really a social media person. But then there's these odd people who respond and say, oh, you're just so crazy. Don't you know that sex is biological and blah, blah, blah. And often in not such polite language. Right. And I'm like, well, that's an opinion. I think there's actually sex can be many different ways of constructing it. We can make it birth sex or genitals or gender identity, but that's an opinion. But what we do kind of want in our social interactions with people is a basic level of respect. Right. So you don't have to buy into the transgender rights agenda, but if you're working with a trans person, they get your pronouns right. So get right. their pronouns right. It's just a matter of simple respect. You don't have to have them over for tea. You don't have to like believe in anything that, but just get, you know, just be, treat them with respect that they treat you. Right. But you, you and I both know too. And I, I think anybody listening who's part of our, our world, our community, you know, that, that what's happening is something's triggering that person about themselves. And yeah. I'm not saying that they're gay, lesbian, trans or anything. It could be that. But there's something I know, and I've had a couple of people come at me after I've been on stages and talking like, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're an abomination to God and to the world. And, and I'll just look at him and I'll say, well, I'm sorry. The devil has taken up that place in your heart. Hope you have a good day. They don't know what to do with that. Because I'm just yeah. like, I, I'm not getting baited into this with you. Yeah, what you just showed is the ugly part of you that needs some work. But I'm not going to stand there and point that finger at him. I think that's exactly right. And getting in debates with people on the right wing about like what the real meaning of sex is or what the real meaning of gender is like that's can be interesting for academics. I'm an academic, lots right. of interesting arguments. When it comes to people, it doesn't really matter. It's like, what do they need to live with respect and dignity and safety? Yeah. It doesn't really matter if we agree on a definition of gender. And, you know, the interesting thing that I always find so interesting is the right and the extreme right. They're so focused on this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. don't you have anything better to do with your time than this? Do you, do you honestly believe this is going to be the thing that's going to, if there is heaven and there's life after this, that this is going to be the thing that's going to keep you from that? Because guess what? 
let's start the checklist of everything else that you've done in your life <laughs> that we all have. I mean, and this is where right. I try not to be super, super judgmental, but if, if somebody pushes me there, I'm like, really, I, aren't you divorced? <laughs> right. Right. Didn't you cheat? I... Right. Didn't you do this? You, would you like me to pull out the 10 commandments? We can go checklist them really quickly. Just not because I'm holding you. I'm just saying, which of these have you already, because according to that, you're, you're lost anyway. So I don't know. It just, it, it's very frustrating. And I, I hate that that's where we are, but I love that you're addressing this in the book. So talk a little bit about what you're really bringing forth in the book so that people can yeah, sure. get a flavor for where you're at and what, what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things I get, I want to get across in the book and it's, it's kind of similar, like during the Trump presidency, when we were all scared of Trump, it's like Trump was a bad guy, super bad guy and who needed to be fought. Yeah. But it made it seem like before Trump was perfectly peachy. And one of the things I want people to kind of remember and think about is like the attacks on trans people in these Republican states are terrible and we have to fight them and we have to do whatever we can to protect trans kids and all that. But it's not like the normal situation is great. So it makes it sound like, oh, in blue states, it's just great for trans people. And one of the things I kind of want us to think about is like a broader social agenda. Like I am all for non-discrimination laws for trans people. I've worked on them as an advocate for years. I totally believe in them. But actually the, the three policy changes that would make the most difference for the most trans people are having a national universal health care plan, prison abolition, and getting rid of as much income inequality as we can. That would help mm -hmm. the most trans people the most because this idea that, and I think we need to like keep track of that as well, because it's really easy to focus our attention on these terrible right-wing attacks on trans people. But we also have to kind of keep the other, um, our, a larger politics in mind too, in terms of just like, how can we make life better for trans people so that they're not driven to, um, uh, to kind of behaviors that land people well, to the prison. extremes, they're yeah, not to the driven extremes. to the extremes, you know, it's yeah. like anytime I hear a story of any LGBTQ youth, right. And then I'm going to add it onto that adult, but youth will start there who get banished from their home. There's, there's right there resources we need. Like people bitch about homelessness. Okay. I'm, and I guess because my husband works in that arena uh -huh. and I get so furious. It's like, Okay, you want to bitch about it, but what's your solution? Right. You know, right. when somebody can get thrown out of their home because, oh, it, you you don't live by God's rule, bye-bye, out you go, and you have no money, no resources, no way to do anything, and then you would like want to complain about that, but you don't want to give resources to help them out, you know? Right, it's exactly. Just, it's, 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 it's so infuriating, but it's also interesting back to like tying it all together, so to speak. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so no abortions, right? Well, let's think through this at a little bit deeper level. Okay, no abortions, no birth control. Oh, well, you can't have a baby. Well, guess what? You shouldn't try because guess what? We'll give you these babies that, that you know, again, we're not that far away from, I hate to say it, the handmaid's tale, if this really is what comes down because it's going to become, babies are going to become a commodity mm -hmm. for this. So then, oh, what happens? Oh, transgender, oh no. If we let you transition, then you can't produce, you know, which yeah. we all know that's not necessarily true, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's one yeah. of those things like, you know, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, you can't, you can't snip the penis away. 
you have to keep that penis because that's going to help us keep more babies in the world. We don't yeah. care about what you personally are attracted to or not, or what you feel. It's, it's this contrived thing that people don't get every bit of this. Of course, they're going to cry foul. Well, but you, you know, you violated my personal rights by wearing a mask and you violate my personal rights by telling me I can't smoke. Well, guess what? Those things actually have effect on other people, right? They physically can have an effect on somebody else. Yeah. Me having sex with my husband and (laughs) I'm sorry, that is not hurting you. You don't have to watch. You don't have to listen. You don't have to be in our household. None of that has to happen. Go. I don't want to be in your bedroom. Yeah. Well, unless you're really, really hot, then maybe (laughs) that's a possibility, but you know, um, but this is what I, I think is so impactful, like you bringing these things to the forefront, because what I just described is where everybody gets hung up. What they yeah. don't see is the rest of the story, the rest of the manification. Right. Like what happens when that has to be this way? What else can that start to do to society and culture at large? Yeah, and I think that's exactly. the gist of what you're trying to get at with the book. I know. And one of the things like, cause we talk a lot about the gender binary and how it's a false construction. Like there's people who don't fit the gender binary. And so we seem to be getting in a fight with the right wing about the, whether the gender binary is natural or not, but we forget the other, their other part of their argument, which is not just the gender binary, but the hierarchy that men have more power than women. So mm-hmm. they like, they need the gender binary because they need to have a distinction of like men get more stuff than women, like men control women's reproductive power, men control women's labor, men yep. pay women less. And so we have to kind of keep, that's why transgender issues and feminist issues are so tightly intertwined because we're yep. concerned about getting rid of the binary and feminism is concerned with like getting rid of this hierarchy between you know, what we call men and what we call women. And we really have to, we really have to do that. So this Republican kind of attack on trans kids, in some sense, they're just, it's a proxy for this attack on, or it's a proxy for bringing back some kind of like, it's this natural, so-called natural order of things where like there's men and then there's women below them. And then there's children that are, you know, totally controlled by their parents and under the, the, the dominion of the father. And we have to kind of see all that as like hanging together. And it's interesting because um, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you've watched the show on Netflix, Anatomy of a Scandal. No, but I it's really interesting because okay, so it's modern. It's it's it modern story about a sex scandal and everything with a very high politician in, in the UK. Oh, I think I saw previews for it with Hugh Grant. Yeah. Yeah, and so the um, I think it's um, I can't think of her name. Is it Sienna Miller? I don't know if that's it. But she was one of the Downton Abbey leads Uh she's in it she also plays an attorney but every time she goes into court the wig goes on the blonde (laughs) wig and the pay you know and i'm like we have really not moved that far we have not moved that far from this you know and here the patriarchy shows up once again absolutely because you know in justice alito's opinion taking down roe versus wade hope what this will probably happen he cites this like ancient, not ancient, but like, you know, early modern legal theorist who were like also thought witches should be burned. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's one of the like the legal sources for Alito's opinion, like a guy right. who also thought that witchcraft was a problem and women had to be burned. I mean, that's kind of that's this very frightening moment that we're at. Yes, it is, because this says we haven't moved. We yeah. haven't moved forward. What 
so ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's one of those things that again, even as Katanji Brown got, you know, nominated and, and seated on the court and everything. If you really watch the bulk of this, it's like, she could, she could not, she could not move one way left or right in anything she did, but Oh my God, Kavanaugh and the other one. Well, I just can't even say her name. Cause I hate her so much. Yeah. Amy Coney Barrett. Right. I just, uh, just they, she could hold up that sign and like defiance. And I'm like, wow. Wow. I mean, and now, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like Amy to begin with and I, I still can't stand her. It's like, you're just feeding into this. And every time this gets fed into, we give permission to like, guess what? Yep. We just gave permission and love them. Love most of my friends, but there's friends that I'm like, you're so love you, love you, love you. But I'm like, the moment that this goes south, you're going to be, oh, I'm so sorry about your marriage. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. Fuck right. you. How would you like yeah. it if your marriage got taken away? Because this is not the construct that, it, you know, so, um, but anyway, I I'm agree. so glad you, you, I'm so glad you are putting this book out into the world. Again, the name of the book is. Sex is a sex does governing transgender identity. Awesome. And it's um, the press is New York. You know, New York University Press. Awesome. Yep. And we are going to have a link on the website. So that if anybody would like to get your hands on the book, you've actually offered up a, a nice little discount on the book. I think it's 30%, right? Yeah. They order exactly. through New York Press. Yeah. And um, I would love to see tons of those books get put out in the world and shared everywhere. I'm going to be downloading one and getting one myself. Um, I don't usually order books because I try to keep, hey, everything as green as possible. <laughs> but um, I would like to have this one because I feel like it will help me really serve the community and be able to speak from a point of like truth. Like, even though I know how to speak that truth, like here's some factual backup. This is what's yeah. going on, folks. This is what it is. So, um, but anyway, well, Paisa, I'm so glad we got to spend this time together and share you. Um, and, and thank you for bringing your energy to this fight and to the world in the way that you do. Um, well, thank it's you. It's been real delight them. talking to you. It's been a, you know, a fun and interesting conversation. Great. So. so any last words of wisdom you'd like to leave for somebody in the transgender community about being, staying resilient? Yeah. Stay resilient. And like, don't let the Republicans define our agenda. They're going to talk about sex and we're going to talk about people. <laughs> And harm. That's the Ooh, key thing. That's a good one. We're going to talk about, they're going to talk about sex and we're going to talk about people and harm. That's a, that's an awesome. That's like an Oprah moment. There we go. We got, <laughs> we got our Oprah moment in the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I so appreciate that man. And so appreciate you. And any, again, anybody who would like to get Paisley's book on the website, there will be a link to it and a 30% discount is being offered to you if you purchase it. Again, man, congrats so much on the publishing of the book. I know that's a big thing. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get book number two there. Oh, good. I'm being lazy wait. and like, oh my God, <laughs> this editing, this editing. <laughs> um, but um, so cool. So again, thanks so much for your time, Paisley. I really appreciate you sharing yourself on Life Uncloseted and being who you are in the world. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, Rick. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. 
closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change your life. In fact, if you really want to change your life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping into living your life uncloseted.